Oh, so my name is uh, Nikita. I'm from Russia. I live in a small town, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, Nikita, and um, I like to start off at the very beginning for most of these interviews, which you may have seen. Could you tell me a little bit about what your childhood was like? How old are you, by the way, right now? Oh, uh, right now I'm 17. As for my childhood, I think I've had a pretty happy childhood, apart from the fact that I've had moments of neglect because my father would work long hours and my mother had a problem with alcohol. Yeah. Did you have any siblings growing up? Uh, when I was growing up, when I was like a little kid, no, but right now I have a little sister. What was kind of little kid you like? Were you a quiet kid? Were you loud, excited? What was your personality like? Oh, I definitely was uh, one of the more quiet kids. Even though I loved to talk, I was just, I was, you know, the one that saved the, the bullied from the bullies. That's what I was doing. Like my best friend right now, he was bullied throughout primary school and I was the one to save him. So I wasn't like, the most loud kid, but I wasn't really, really quiet either. I was shy for sure, but I still talked because I like to talk. And what did you do for fun? Oh, what I uh, I would hang out with my friends. I would read. I would watch TV shows, cartoons, stuff like that. Also, I really like to play video games. Yeah, and listening to music for sure. You talked a little bit about neglectful aspects of your childhood. Were there any parts that you can look back on and say it was honestly really good in this regard? I haven't suffered from neglect much. It helped me to grow as a person, but it still wasn't great. Like mm, uh, The key element to this being that when, when, as I've mentioned before, when my father would work long hours, and my mother uh, becoming drunk, it, it was just, yeah, it was bad. Yeah, I ain't gonna sugarcoat it. What was your relationship like with them individually? Oh, I, for one, I think that I've had a pretty good relationship with them. As of now, I really do love my parents and I know that they love me back. But there was a sense of like, mm, I don't know how to word it exactly, but I think that my father, I've had a bit of a more, you know, intimate, uh, maybe not the proper word for that, but like we were much closer with my father than with I was, than with my mother. Yeah. So what we're here to kind of talk about today is the overarching theme of maladaptive daydreaming. How would you define that term? Oh, maladaptive daydreaming, it's a behavior in which a person immerses himself or themselves in like a state of daydreaming. It happens, you really can't control it. I mean, you can, but the control is really limited. I would say also for me, maybe not for all the people, but for me, maladaptive daydreams take a good chunk off of my day I would say like I daydream for hours yeah okay um and when did you first start maladaptively daydreaming oh I guess it was like as long as I remember myself like going as far as 
when I was like four years old, the earliest memories of myself weren't weren't me exactly daydreaming, but like still, I know that I've daydreamed ever since I was like a child, little child. And when did you typically daydream? Were there like certain situations that you daydreamed in specifically? Hmm. I mm, other than now, I know that my biggest trigger for my lack of daydreaming was and still is music. So I would daydream when I would hear music and I really like to listen to music. So there was plenty of opportunities for me to just to just indulge in a daydream. And when it comes to like specific specific circumstance, I guess I was just doing it when I was bored and I had nothing better to do. Yeah. Do you think you had a lot of downtime or were you bored often as a kid more so than others you think or 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 not really mm, i think i was like on par with my peers in this regard but it still was quite a lot of hours that i would spend daydreaming i would also you know as i've mentioned before hang out with my friends do stuff for school etc etc but like daydreaming still definitely has like taken a good chunk Okay. What did the early daydreams in your childhood tend to look like? Could you maybe describe one of them in detail? Like, what were you doing? If you imagine yourself, what were characters doing? What What did these daydreams tend to look like at that very young age? Okay, so I really vividly remember that I was daydreaming about becoming a cartoon character. Like, the thing is that the author of the cartoon and myself in so me, we're the same person. So eventually in my daydreams, I've created a daydream, a cartoon series in which me, I would be the author and the main character. I would say people from various things like, yeah. Yeah, I was like a superhero, exactly. Yeah, I've had a lot of friends. I had a lot of uh, good things and I also was saving the world. Well, can I ask you, is today... The amount of time you daydream distressing to you um it really depends uh but mostly no i guess i could do better and make sure that i daydream for less time as of now yeah i know that the nature of my daydreams like the daydreams are maladaptive i can't exactly control the excessive amount that i daydream but it's still like i can work i surely have some workarounds i can do just some yeah i can do a lot of stuff to just make sure that the time that i don't spend daydream is spent right uh, wisely does your daydreaming ever tend to interfere with real life for some people it impacts like, their grades or or work life or even being able to form relationships with friends does any of that apply to you yes it certainly does uh as of I've just graduated from high school and passed my four entrance exams and I didn't get the best scores. I probably could have gotten better scores because instead of, you know, actually preparing for the exams, watching the lectures, you know, studying the uh, flashcards, I would just daydream about doing this exact thing. Yeah, it really, I mean, it, it isn't exactly frustrating. It's a little funny to me. But still, I would yeah, I would daydream about like hanging out with friends instead of hanging out with them. I would daydream of studying instead of studying. Yeah, it does definitely interfere with my life greatly. 
Okay, and as you've grown up, how do your daydreams change? Could you kind of describe one of your more recent ones? Oh, okay. So the thing that I've noticed about my daydreams is that when I have a need that I'm yet to fulfill, uh, the needs get fulfilled uh, in in daydreams, in daydream form. So, for example, I really want to have a creative outlet. I want to create. I wouldn't say that I'm creative, but I still want to have something. Like, I want to write a book or create a comic and... And those things, I do them, but just in my daydreams, I don't do them, like, in real life. So it would be me making, like, blogs, it would be me writing things, it would be me just doing something creative in daydreams instead of, like, in real life. Okay, um, have you ever tried to stop? Has there ever been a point in your life where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore, and you try to stop? Yes, there. I mean, um, there has been a lot of times like that because the like the last time that I've done it, it was because I've had my college entrance exams coming, and I wasn't exactly making sure that the preparation is going well. Yeah, I've tried to quit cold turkey. So, like, uh, my main trigger is music, so I just stopped listening to music for some while. It definitely did help, but only for a moment. I could, like, bear with the situation of not daydreaming for, like, a day or two, maybe a week tops. And after a week, I was just so burnt out. I guess I have to try and make sure that my, like, I have to reduce the amount of daydreaming gradually instead of going cold turkey as I previously had. What did it feel like when you weren't daydreaming? Oh, the thing is that I was easily irritated. I would have less energy. I wouldn't say I've had, like, no energy, but it was really hard for me to deal even with the most mundane of tasks. Um... When it comes to other things, I would say that I was really disinterested in, like, people. Yeah, overall, I wasn't really needing to engage in a conversation with anybody. I would just be alone. And really, I think the word suffering isn't exactly the right word, but I guess I might have been suffering. Okay, going back to your actual daydreams, when you daydream, is it typically only you in your head when you daydream about doing certain scenarios or having a creative outlet, for example? Some people daydream about characters. Is that really true for you, like characters from books, TV shows, or is it usually just you in your head? Oh, it actually depends on the content that I consume. When I was nine, for example, I was really into Undertale. It's an indie game, and I would daydream about different plots and scenarios and plot twists throughout the game. As of lately, I think it's mostly not only me, but like fictional characters, but not from like books and games and things, but like the characters from my comic that I want to create and me. And like, there have been times when I daydream about, daydreamed about characters that do exist in real life. But mostly it's just myself inside.
there's pretty much me, but a slightly upgraded or better version of me. And characters that I've created that I intend to put in a comic or a book or a series or whatever. What does the so-called better version of you in your head look like? What what is what characteristics do they have that maybe you don't? Oh, mm, I think that they are slightly more outgoing. And the the general theme that I've noticed about my daydreams is that I have good intention towards the people that surround me in real life, but instead of expressing the good intentions to like. Saying my mother that I love her, saying, you know, telling my friends that I appreciate them, uh, getting to say thank you to that teacher that I'm really grateful to. I don't do those simple things. I do them in daydream form. I would be just, I would, I'm really grateful and happy and I love my life. But instead of making sure that people around me get the idea of just, how much I love them. I express these same things, but just in daydreams. Uh, the key, yeah, I think the key element is that myself and Sirs does express uh, whatever thoughts I have in my mind. He does what I really want to do. And I mean, I could just be him if I were to try a little bit harder to do what I want. What do you think is stopping you from becoming that version of yourself? Uh, it's, it's a difficult question, really. But I guess nothing. Because I could start today and I will become better and I will get closer to the, the version of me that, frankly, doesn't exist. It only exists in my head. Um, I've already made some steps toward that. And yeah, it's going great. But I still, I have to try and reduce the amount of daydreaming that I'm doing right now. Okay, so there was some language you used like cold turkey, which that that word is usually in relation to addiction. Do do you think maladaptive daydreaming is an addiction? Hmm, that's a tough one. I think it's definitely got some addictive features to it, but it's a great self-reflection tool, as I've mentioned before. If I experience some emotions in my daydreams, I for sure know that I might just be experiencing them in real life, but just not noticing them. It's in the moments where I have uh, pretty sad and distressive daydreams that like, I realize from my daydreams the fact that I'm not okay. I might be just telling myself that I'm okay, I'm fine, but then daydreaming about bad things happening to me or whatever. And I know for a fact that if I daydream about this, something is definitely wrong. Um, but it's definitely got its addictive features because it really does bring me jo joy to daydream. You talked about maybe daydreaming about bad things. Does that still bring you joy or pleasure, even if it's about something that's bad, the daydreams? No, it doesn't bring me joy. I guess uh, the thing is that I want to have, um, let me just word it. Mm -hmm. I want to have a little more life experience. And I know that for a fact that I could just improve throughout living my life. And I definitely am improving. 
but maybe my daydreams indicate that I'm not improving at as of a rapid pace as I would like to improve on. I still like every time I get up, I'm like thankful, I'm happy, but like I'm not as happy as I probably wanna be or something like that. So that's why I um experience moments of distress not only in real life but also in my daydreams to just you know you you learn by making mistakes and i guess the amount of mistakes that i make in real life isn't just sufficient or something it's really difficult but you know, I, yeah yeah i guess that's it okay are there people in your life that know you daydream in this way Oh, for sure, because I've had, I have a friend who also has maladaptive daydreaming. Although he does not daydream as intensely as I do, because I'm pretty sure you're familiar with the maladaptive daydreaming scale. And I was like, on the first stream, and he scored like in the middle. So he does have maladaptive daydreaming also. We discuss it pretty frequently, but he's still... Like the um the thing is that for me it happens more frequently, more vividly. Like the episodes of maladaptive daydreaming, yeah, I daydream a lot more than he does, and a lot more intensely than he does. But he can still relate, and I can still relate to his experience, so it's good. Okay, I think yeah, I think it's good that you have someone in your life, especially another maladaptive daydreamer, because I know for some people there's a large element of shame in this disorder they they don't want to tell their parents their friends their partners so i think something that i guess that kind of stands out about you is that you you have someone like you to a degree if given the choice would you take maladaptive daydreaming out of your life uh i might surprise you with this one but i think i wouldn't because it's really a great self-reflection tool even though it's purely maladaptive, it's purely really disruptive because like I might not get into the college that I wanted to go into because I was just daydreaming about studying instead of studying. But yeah, I wouldn't change anything because apart from it being a great self self reflection tool, it's I guess it might not be, but I guess that is helping me to become a little more creative. And in which case, it's really good. But it's also got a lot of downsides. The addictive nature of it, the maladaptive, like it's the daydreams are maladaptive and they take a lot of take up a lot of time. But I wouldn't change anything. Still, are there any triggers you have besides music? Mm. Definitely boredom has got to be one. Even if I'm bored and not listening to music, I would be daydreaming. Also, I daydream a lot when I'm in bed, when I'm either trying to get up or trying to fall asleep. Um, also, some, only some books and works of fiction, whatever works of fiction, like movies also, only some movies I daydream about, but most not. It's mostly just, like, yeah, the music is the biggest trigger. Do do any forms of social media play a role in how you daydream? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm not, I'm trying to not compare myself to anybody, but when it comes to social media, I really, yeah, sometimes I do compare myself to people on social media, and I 
daydream by being better than them. It's not the best thing, yeah. It it really does bring my self-esteem down quite quite a yeah, quite a lot. And also the social media thing is that like I wanna create YouTube videos. I wanted to do that for a very long time. So when I would watch YouTube, I'm like, yeah, I like uh, some effects or some cool features that a video has. I'm like, yeah, I could use that in my future YouTube videos. And I I daydream about creating YouTube videos instead of creating them myself. So yeah, social media does play a huge role. How did you discover that what you had was called maladaptive daydreaming? I guess it was through some sort of Reddit post. I don't remember exactly, but I just, yeah, I don't recall exactly. But I've told my friends about it as, as soon as I discovered that I had that. So the friend uh, that I was talking about didn't know what, like, the thing that he didn't know that, okay, let me word it. He didn't know that he has had maladaptive daydreaming until I practically just told him that he might have that okay and nikita what does your life look like today you said you just finished high school took a couple entrance exams but what's what's your next step in your life oh it's definitely getting to college because even though the i've already got my college entrance exam results like uh, the thing with like russian education system was that I am yet to know if I get into college. I will, like, in mid-August, I will already know that I'm, I, like, I'm through. And then I guess I, when I move out and go to college, I hope that I will pursue, or, like, I might just start today, you know. I want to really try and pursue the things that I do in my maladaptive daydreaming in real life. So, like, Telling my friends that I appreciate them, yeah, etc., etc. Like having a creative outlet, making YouTube videos, like yeah, I just want to stop the maladaptive daydreaming. Not as much by just reducing the triggers, but what I've noticed is that um, when I was doing my best to fulfill whatever desires and needs I've had, the maladaptive daydreaming was really less maladaptive. So when I was, for example, daydreaming about drawing things, and I would just draw, I don't daydream about drawing anymore because I've I've really like I've been drawing, yeah. I don't have to daydream about it. So what I want to do is I want to get into college and pursue whatever things I wanted to pursue or really pursued in my daydreams, but I want to do them in real life. If you could go back and change one thing over these 17 years of your life, what would it be? Uh, I guess I wouldn't change anything. Yeah, really. I'm I'm really grateful for what I've got. I'm really happy with where I am. But the maladaptive daydreams, yeah, they have definitely been an obstacle. I think they are pretty hard to overcome, but I hope that I will get, yeah, I hope uh, that I will overcome them. What do you think made you a maladaptive daydreamer? What do you think makes you one and some people simply are just unable to? Hmm. I'm really starting to think that the 
key aspects of that was that I was neglected throughout childhood. Like, as I've mentioned before, I've had a alcoholic mother and my father working long hours. So I would just stay home for long, long hours, having nothing to do, just stay dreaming about doing whatever things. Like, when I was four or five, I wanted to go into animation school. So that's why I daydreamed about creating a cartoon. And I wanted to help people. That's why in the cartoon, I've helped people. It's just simply the needs and desires that I have in real life. I've been pursuing them in, in my daydreams. Okay, I have one final question. Do you ever see maladaptive daydreaming exiting your life? Yeah. Yeah, the maladaptive part of it, sure. I guess all the people still daydream, don't they? But the maladaptive part of it, yeah, I, sh I, yeah, I can overcome that. Okay. Well, are there any last words, any pieces of advice, anything you'd like to add today? Oh, I just want to say that you shouldn't shame yourself for having this. I, I don't know if I can call that a disorder, but like for... You shouldn't shame yourself for just like making sure that you feel great because maladaptive daydreaming is, at least for me, what I've noticed throughout the years, 13 years of me daydreaming, is that maladaptive daydreaming is a coping mechanism. So what you don't have in your life, you get through the daydreaming. You shouldn't really be afraid of telling your parents and friends either. Because, for example, I've told my partner that I had that my life was daydreaming. They reacted normally to that. And, like, my friends do. And not only the friend that also my life was daydreams, they reacted fine. And my parents also re reacted fine. They weren't shaming me or anything. Even though I think that they were the root cause of the daydreaming, when the daydreaming happens, they... they don't say anything and they don't shame me for that they still love me so you shouldn't be ashamed of like it's a coping mechanism you shouldn't be ashamed yeah